Good morning and welcome everybody. You're listening to Faith FM 87.6, 87.8 or 88 right across Australia, right across the Faith FM network, wherever you are in this amazing continent country that we call home. You're listening to The Breakfast Show, positively different radio in the morning with Lyle and Mon. And of course, this morning we do need to remind you that you are listening to the delayed broadcast. And so if you would like to get with the times and listen to the live show where you can participate in the quiz, where you can call in, where you can send us uh, current comments, where you can contribute to the Bible study or even hassle one of our interviewees, then... The way that you need to do that is to jump over to faithfm.com.au and press play. And people say, well, I don't carry my computer in my car. Yes, but you carry your phone in your car. And, of course, most of you listen to the radio in your car. I understand that. That's how radio works. And so simply run your car, your uh, phone through your car stereo, use your Bluetooth or use your auxiliary cord or however it is that you like to play things in your car. Problem solved right there. Um, of course, the alternative to that is to grab the TuneIn app or a similar app. We recommend the TuneIn radio app. Find Faith FM Australia. Put it as your favorite and it will be right there, ready to go for you every morning uh, when you... Start to head out the door and you will have a perfect signal, not just all over Australia, but pretty much all over the world uses very, very minimal amounts of data and gives you that crystal clear reception. So that's how you listen to the live show. This is the delayed broadcast. And so all of the news and information that we are about to share is maybe one day, maybe more old. I don't know how old it is, but of course, um, the other way to get the live show is to upgrade your local transmitter. Contact us if you would like to know more information about that. What are you grateful for this morning, Lyle? Ooh, uh, hmm, let me think. What am I grateful for? I'm grateful for my whizzer. What is a wizard? Lyle, you and your random bits of tool stuff. I'm almost just asking you what you're grateful for. I'm just going to presume it's something in your toolbox. Okay. What, what are you grateful for this morning, Mon? What's a wizard? You just assumed it was something in my toolbox. I, would you can just it's leave some it sort of like a manly appliance I can buy at Bunnings, isn't it? It's a, it's a wizard. What is a wizard? You better explain it because there's many things a wizard could be. Well, you can, you can, you can make lots of things with a wizard. You could make ice cream with a wizard. You're grateful for a blender? Is that what you're saying? <laughs> no, 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 not really. You have a Thermomix? <laughs> a Vitamix? What are those? Explain yourself while it's out well. <laughs> yeah, well, actually, my wizard um, runs off compressed air and um, <laughs> Here we go. it's good for stripping paint and sanding and all that kind of stuff. <sighs> Wow, this is going to become like the tool show or something eventually. <laughs> yes, let's make it the tool no, show. Yes, no, I didn't yes, say that. I yes, didn't say yes, that. This is not going to become yes. some sort of... So I have to counteract all of your yarn. Your, uh, there has to be balance here. So I'm creating balance. There. <laughs> We're creating balance here. The balanced radio show. Whatever. So, Mon, did you share what you were thankful for? I did not. Well, then you must do that. I am grateful that I don't have Facebook. You have all the other social <laughs> medias, though, so that doesn't no, count. No, I don't. I don't. You've got Instagram. 
that's not all the other social medias. I don't have all the other social medias. I don't have Pinterest and Snapchat and all that stuff. But yeah, I'm grateful because for the past, like, I don't know, what's it been like 10, 20 years that people have been pestering me to join Facebook. I've held out and I've seen the results of it and I'm very happy not to have Facebook. There you go. Digitally free. Up the rocks at the edge of the water. Memorial of the miracles you gave to thee. That all the people of the earth might remember that the hand of the Lord's mighty. God told Joshua to lead his people As I was with Moses, I will be with thee I will never leave or forsake you But set the people free Joshua spoke unto his people Said, sanctify yourselves For tomorrow the Lord will do wonders among you And you will surely be blessed Stacking up the rocks at the edge of the water Memorial of the miracles he gave to thee That all the people of the earth might remember That the hand of the Lord's mighty Priest can the ark of the covenant To the raging Jordan side Brave and courageous they stepped in the water And got work before their eyes the water stopped flowing, the riverbed dry, they all crossed to the other side. Twelve men back to the middle of the river, carrying rocks to remember by. Stacking up the rocks at the edge of the water, memorial of the miracles he gave to thee. That all the people of the earth might remember that the hand of the Lord's mighty. God's still with us in this world of trouble Gives miracles every day Has He worked in your life, brother? Have you shown it in some way? Well, are you stacking up the rocks at the edge of the water? Memorial of the miracles He gave to thee That all the people of the earth might remember That the hand of the Lord's mighty Stacking up the the rocks at the edge of the water Miracles he gave to thee, to thee. And all the people of the earth might remember that the hand of the Lord's mighty. So that all the people of the earth might remember that the hand of the Lord is mighty. Welcome back, everybody. That was Bolton Range stacking up the rocks here on Faith Is FM to get us started for the day. I like that. It was good. I, I, I saw you shazamming that during yeah, the Yeah, uh, sometimes show. I shazam the music on our own show. <laughs> I was like, why does Mon have her phone up to her headset? <laughs> I was, and then I realized what was happening. Yeah, I mean, I can look at the screen and see, you know, who it is and what the song is. But if I want to listen to it later, I'm probably going to forget. So Shazam is a cool way to sort of keep a, a list of the songs you're interested in. All right. So what have we got for the first clue for our quiz? Let's get it started. We have a what number am I quiz. bit different. We haven't done one of these in a while. We do have them, but we haven't done them for a while. So this is a what number am I quiz. And the first clue is this. This number of men died because they looked into the ark of the Lord. If you know what that is, give me a call. The number is 1-800-FAITH-FM. It's 1-800-324-843. Or you can text your answer to 0491-064-669. Do the answer, Lyle? 
Uh, I was actually preparing my uh, next piece for radio, and I didn't. Even, I just Lyle missed, I missed the question. Hear it. I, I missed that it. means there's double prizes you get a break coming your way if Absolutely. you can answer it before I was Lyle answers. Multitasking. It. I um and Lyle, you were not multitasking because you don't know how to multitask. <laughs> you don't have the right. capacity. You I were was simply single tasking. You were single tasking. That's what you're capable of. Now <laughs> there's, there's this super interesting story here about over uh, you know 1,100 philanthropic. Organizations that have funneled almost $125 million into dozens of anti-Muslim groups. What? Mm, Anti-Muslim groups. That's a bit scary because, you know, if we ban Muslims, then we're going to ban, you know, Hindus and then we're going to ban Buddhists and then we're going to ban Christians. And, you know, where do you stop once you go down that path of banning religions? No, that's that's a dangerous path. path. See, that caught my eye and that's what distracted me. Mm. I was like, this is this is something we need to talk about. Yeah, you're going to talk about the next segment though, right? I've already talked about it now. So you're not going to talk about it again? I have something else most interesting to talk about in the next segment. Mm. you got something on your IPS. I have something extremely relevant to people here in New South Wales, but also relevant to people right across Australia. Oh, very interesting. Well, give us a call if you know the answer to the quiz. I will definitely give you two prizes if you can tell me the answer before Lyle gets it right, before Lyle hears the first clue or the second clue. If you get it right, I'm going to send you a really cool copy of a book called For This Purpose, an amazing book. Um, it, have you ever been to GYC, Lyle? No. You are missing out. GYC is one of the most fun times ever. Like ever, ever had in my life. Okay, so GYC is a big youth convention that takes place in the United States. And uh, I've never been there, but it, it is Mon's favorite place to go. Um, they have well, like thousands of people there, don't they? Like 5,000 yeah, so people every or something year, or other at, it's at an- each event. And they have different ones around the country. It's, well, it's pretty much an American thing. Well, it, no, well, no, it's been exported it's around the world. Thing. Yeah, yeah, it's true. But it's basically, true. it's an annual youth conference, Christian youth conference, and it happens over New Year's every year. The main one is uh, always in America, but they have started up like GYC Europe and GYC um, in different continents. Uh, I, don't, I don't think they have the one in Australia yet. They did uh, have, and then have, they have AYC for quite a while. but Yeah, AYC is a bit different though. And uh, similar though. And then they also have like smaller, similar conferences like GYC, um, you know, specific to a state that just involves like, you know, a smaller, sort of more a training sort of session. But GYC is just an incredible spiritual uplifting time. And uh, I've been to two of them and I wish I could go to them every single year. They're so, they're so wonderful. It's just, it's an incredible time where young people who love God come together with a common interest of uh, learning more about God and sharing God. So they often do outreach while they're at this conference. And just thousands and thousands of people come from all over the world. And uh, the book that I'm giving away called For This Purpose, it's actually a compilation of sermons and presentations from GYC. And the sermons that you can that you hear from GYC are often just powerful it just incredible life-changing sermons. Like th- these sermons don't mess around. Mm-hmm. If you don't want your life changed, don't call for this book. If you want your life changed, give us a call, answer the quiz, get this book. Uh, this book is actually really expensive. Um, it's a beautiful hardcover, a very large book. If you can tell me the answer before Lyle does, I'll also chuck in a Bible. In KJV, Holy Bible, beautiful red and white cover. All right, mine, what have we got for positively different news this morning? Oh, boy, I have something really cool to share with you. Lyle, you know how I often say that the solution to most problems is education? Yeah. Well, Judge has just proved it in America, and I'm so excited about this story. I, I sincerely wish 
that this is how a lot of crime and and delinquency was dealt with. So the judge in the state, this happened in 2016 and they're now reaping the rewards of it in 2019, right? So uh, there was a group of juveniles um, and they were being, they'd been caught doing uh, racist acts of vandalism. Um, so this is, I mean, it's, it's so sad. They were graffitiing a historic old uh, schoolhouse in Ashburn, Virginia. Uh, the schoolhouse used to teach black children during the segregation era. And, uh, and they painted like swastikas and racist statements and, um, you know, all kinds of graffiti that was just really racist. And, um, you know, one of these teenagers actually been expelled from his school prior to this vandalism. And, um, and, you know, the judge believed that these kids were lashing out. And, uh, she decided, you know, she felt like this had, she had a chance to turn the incident into an educational opportunity. And so she was very compassionate, which is uh, just mind blowing for someone in that position, in my opinion. And, um, and of course their community blew up over the vandalism. It mm-hmm. was just a huge issue in their community for a while. And, um, but it turns out, you know, when she started talking to these kids and being kind to them and trying to find out where they were coming from, it turned out some of them didn't even know what a swastika meant. Oh, wow. Yeah. They were just, just lashing out, you know, acting out. And so she said, you know what? I saw a learning opportunity. Um, and she said that with children, you can either punish or you can rehabilitate. And, uh, you know, a lot of the kids in this group had no prior record. And she... um she decided that she was going to open their eyes. She said that she said this. She said, I thought back to what taught me when I was their age, what opened my eyes to other cultures and religions, and it was reading. Mm-hmm. So instead of simply putting the kids uh, on probation or putting them in juvie, she actually drew up, uh, her name is Ru- uh, Judge Rudale, she drew up a reading list of 35 different books that deal with the pain and tragedies of racial injustice. Um, so authors, uh, you know, like Harper Lee, um, uh, Khalid Hossein, Ellie Weisel, Solomon, author Maya Angelou, Alice Walker. Do you know who, the, who what books? Okay. I'm sure people uh, like like To Kill a Mockingbird and these kinds of Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Tom's Cabin and yeah, all yeah. that kind of thing. So there's just a few of the iconic authors that she had on this list, right? And, uh, and the teens, they had to read one of these books each month for a year or throughout the year. And for every book they read, they had to write a 3,500-word essay on the consequences of racism, bigotry, and prejudice. And, uh, and then they were also made to visit the Holocaust Museum and a history museum that exhibit the Japanese-American in- internment camps after Pearl Harbor. And so two years after the incident, um, the sentence did exactly what she hoped it would. And this is incredible. So the kids are now sticking to their education – have gone back to school and stayed in school they have not reoffended, and based on their essays as well as statements from the kids parents and lawyers they're all embarrassed and regretful of their crime and in That's one cool. in one of the essays one of the boys concluded um you know his literary analysis by saying everyone should be treated with equality no matter what their race or religion or orientation i will do my best to see to it that i will never be this ignorant again Wow. Isn't that incredible? That's like... That's, that's, that's cool. That's a great outcome right there. That's the kind of punishment we need because that person... It would also be very motivating for someone like me who hates school. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Because it would actually be punishment. 
but at the same time, I love reading. So yeah, you know, sort of but but it's it's stuff. incredible because this person hasn't just been given a slap on the wrist or hasn't you know been put in prison for life. Either end of the punishment spectrum, where like they're regretful of their action because it resulted in a punishment. You know, it's not that kind of regret that they're expressing. They've been brought to an understanding of why what they did was wrong, and it's made all the change that will set this kid on a better path for life because now it's changed his mind and they got, they're never going to do it again. They're going to grow into responsible, respectful adults now. Mm. I absolutely love that this education course of um, rehabilitation was so successful and I really, really wish that more, more of this was happening around the world, like in every aspect. And I don't mean it in like, you know, the way the Chinese are re-educating people. Yeah, I mean, and, and that, that is the thought, sort of thought that was going through my mind is if we, you know, we need to have this done sensibly. Yeah, yeah. But sensible, it's not so much re-education in this case, it's actual education That's because right. they're uneducated and that was the problem that they were facing right there. Yeah. So this is really great. Um, I would love to hear any stories of how education maybe changed one of our listeners' minds about something that they were doing. Give us a call. Our number here is 1-800-FAITH-FM. Where are you now when darkness seems to end? Where are you now when the world is crumbling? Oh, I, I, I hear you say, I hear you say, look up, child.
<laughs> I'm having so much fun on the breakfast show this morning. So as soon as as soon as we went off air, Lyle's all like, "What's the first clue?" And I'm like, "No, Lyle, I'm not telling you the first clue. You didn't pay attention, so you missed it." And he's like, "Come on!" So he disappears out to the car, and he comes back with his phone. And he's like, "I'm going to watch the clues on Instagram." And so he's trying to watch the clues on Instagram, and I'm like, "But somebody hasn't posted it. How slack I have is that?" Po- I have posted it, Lyle. The funny thing is, you're probably still watching yesterday's one. Well, how do I watch today's one then? I'm Why not is telling today's you, Lyle. One not coming up. You have to skip forward to it. I'm not going to tell you how to do that because you need to pay attention when I do the quiz clues. Let me see. So, yeah, it's up. Oh, no, hang on. My bad. It says uploading. How funny is that, Lyle? Look, uploading. Is that little signal there? Yeah, the little yeah, circle yeah, of death. Yeah, yeah, it means yeah, the clue yeah, yeah. isn't up yet. All right, give me All a right, second. ladies and gentlemen, are you ready for clue? Wait, where did I hide the clues? Oh, here we go. I hit it. I hit it so Lyle would <laughs> snatch it. Okay. Clue number two. What number am I? This is the number of kings with thumbs and big toes cut off who picked up scraps under Adonai Bezek's table. Do you know who that is, Lyle? Ooh, I, I know who Adonai Bezek is. Uh, I'm trying to think of how many thumbs I'm going to go with that number. Uh, Lyle is incorrect. So ah. you can still get two prizes this morning. Get a copy of For This Purpose, really great large hardcover book from the GYC presentations and sermons, and a Bible until Lyle can get it right, and <laughs> they will come back to the Bible. Oh, actually, this is um, this isn't loading at all. Anyway, Lyle, what's happening around the world? Are we going to be talking okay, about? We're going to go around thing? the world. We're going to start right here in New South Wales, and tolerance is over. Tolerance has come to an end. There is zero tolerance in this state anymore, and it's a good thing. Oh, really? How come? I don't believe in tolerance. You don't. You don't, you don't believe in tolerance. Nope. No such thing as tolerance. Okay, so basically what it is is that uh, coming in in a couple of days' time, we have new legislation um, in relationship to drink driving that there is now a zero tolerance policy, 0.051. Yes. Instant loss of license. On the spot, catch an Uber home. I Do you know what? I want to say this right now on the radio. I think there should be less tolerance than that. I think it should be zero. I think it should be 0.000. Okay, now this is an interesting thought that you've just brought up because, I mean, alcohol is uh, it's just an enemy. It is, That's right. It is one of the worst substances that we have in this country, just causing havoc all over the place. And uh, so I did a bit of a survey to, around the world to find out what the, uh, the tolerances were around the world. I found 23 countries that have a zero Zero, zero percent alcohol blood content policy. First of all, good on them. But second Um, of all, what happens there? Then you have eight countries that have 0.01 and 23 countries that have 0.02. Oh. So these are all a lot, lot lower than Australia. So that's uh, what nearly 60 countries right there. That's quite surprising. Uh, 55 countries that uh, have very, very low... um, Blood alcohol limits that are allowable. I, I'm not. I'm not super opposed to the zero point zero two because you know sometimes if your digestion is really really messed up and you're an ill person, that's true. You can create alcohol mm-hmm. uh, in your stomach, and I wouldn't want to penalise somebody who had not been drinking um, at all but had just you know was ill. So I could you know I could see myself stretching it out to zero point zero two. Uh, but yeah, that's this is this is not uncommon around the world, um, and a lot of these countries are, uh, are are very developed countries, very advanced countries, and they've just gone, yep, no, nah, ban it, done. 
yeah. you know, problem solved. Yeah. I mean, here in Australia, you think about you know, what in New South Wales, um, we have uh, zero for P platers, zero for L platers, and 0.02 for professional drivers. Oh, really? Yeah. Pro- professional drivers, as in like truck drivers? Tr- truckies and bus drivers and okay. that kind of thing, which okay. is a good thing. That's the way it should be. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I see, I tend to think that if you have it at 0.5, whatever it is for us now, that people are going to, people are going to, they're going to try and get drink to that an, limit. You can drink enough drinks to want to drink more. Yeah, you're going to try and Whereas reach you, the limit. if you just go with the attitude of, I'm driving, um, so I'm not, no drink, I'm, I'm not drinking exactly. tonight. Exactly. You know. And then if you have then whatever, you start. whatever, if you have whatever the drinks it takes for you to get up to point zero, I mean point five, I tend to think that we, you're definitely going to then already be starting to inhibit your judgment levels, your judgment capabilities, and at that point you might be start thinking, do you know what? I'll be I'll be fine, like another another one, another two, and then I'll, then I'll be at point five, and then it just you know escalates, and as as your judgment gets worse and worse, you just get drunker and drunker. Yeah, and you know alcohol affects different people in different ways. That's you know, right. Some people are very sensitive to it. For um, you know quite a number of people out there, zero point zero five was having no effect on them at all because they've been drinking so long; it's pretty much immune to the stuff. Uh, but then there's other people out there that can, you know, they can be definitely impaired by the time they get there. And then, of course, you know, uh, one drink goes to a second drink, goes to a third drink, etc. Anyway, while I was doing my survey around mm. the world to mm. see what the tolerances were, I thought I'd also do a survey to find out what the penalties are because penalties oh. here in New South Wales have just gone to zero tolerance. Um, you've lost your licence. You're going to go to court and you could get a lot more than just losing your licence, but you are not driving Home. Yeah, it's a criminal record, right? It, it's done. It's not just a traffic yeah, infringement. Yeah, that's yeah. Right. Okay, so uh, and so, <laughs> you got to like some of these laws. Okay, okay. I think Turkey is my favourite. <laughs> so Turkey, you know, you get the usual fines and all that kind of stuff. Uh, lose your license, blah 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 blah. If you uh, are caught drink driving, but then mm-hmm. okay, once they've handed out the fines and figured out, you know, what you're going to cop, then you have to drive your car for thirty kilometres, right? Park it. And walk home. What? <laughs> Dead serious. Are you serious? <laughs> well, how does that work? And they're like, you've been busted driving while drunk, so keep driving for thirty k's. No, 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 no. This is this is all handed down through the court system once you're um, once you're sober. Once you're sober. So you, <laughs> I think that's wow. awesome. Wow. <laughs> Drive your car for thirty k's. Park it there. Walk home. Send someone out to tow it back. That's, I love it. I love it. I love it. 30k hike. 30, that's going to take them like a day and a half. (laughs) (laughs) Oh dear. Anyway, so that was, that was, that was probably the most, um, humorous one. The, the most, uh, the most, this one, this one's definitely, um, wow, Malaysia, you know, I'm just not sure what to think of this one. You get caught drink driving, regardless of whether your spouse is with you or not. So your spouse could be at home. Mm-hmm. By themselves, yeah, they cop exactly the same penalties you do. Oh, <laughs> yeah. that's going to create some issues. You have no idea. That would actually be very, very yes. motivating. Oh, very effective. Because you know, if I'm thinking, okay, I'm going to go to jail here for drink <gasps> driving, yeah. and my wife, wife. is going to throw in throw in the slammer as well. Oh, wow. Or if I'm that's going to ingenious. get genius, if I'm going to get a massive fine, you know, what's Just my wife going fine. to say? You know. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, I get a $2,000 fine. My wife gets a $2,000. $4,000 coming out of our, our family pocket. Or, or I'm facing divorce over this, you yeah. know? That is actually ingenious. I am all for both of those laws being established in Australia. Yeah, well, I'm not saying Hike 30Ks <laughs> and deal for, with your wife. I'll go for the 30K hike one. I don't want to see families broken up. That would be kind of sad. But that, that would be but the I do see But I do see where they're coming from. I definitely see where they're coming from with this one. Well, they, do you know what? I think they did it because you have to understand that alcoholism is, is going to affect your family. And that's making yeah. it very real. Yep. And it takes a village to help someone get past that. There's a point. There's a, it's got to, I, it, I can't deny the fact sharply that, that it, has, uh, it, it has some logic behind it. Um, not the kind of logic that we use here in uh, Western countries, but there's definitely a logic to it. There's I'm no all question for about it. That. Good on you, Malaysia. More of this, please. <laughs> all right. So China, there was a, re- a recent case where somebody was sentenced to death for drink driving. What? This was uh, no. drink driving occasioning death. Oh. Um, so four people died as a result of uh, of an accident that was caused because this person was drink driving, and so they were sentenced to death for it. Um, in the United States, the toughest penalty ever handed out for drink driving was in the state of Ohio, which handed out 16-year jail wow. term. Um, in South, South Africa, you can get up to 10 years jail term for drink driving. Um, Saudi Arabia, you can get uh, 500 lashes. Ooh, um, which for you know a number of people, and there was one case of a uh, an elderly British man. That's a death penalty. Wow, that's yep. incredible. Uh, he was seventy four years old or something or other. He died. And uh, um, then you, or, or you can get life imprisonment, or you can get a half a million dollar fine. Um, these are all some of the examples of penalties in uh, in Saudi. Um, biggest one in Canada was four years jail and $9.5 million in compo. Wow. Um, Russia hands out lifetime suspend- suspensions of uh, license and four years in a jail in Siberia. Siberia. So, yeah, you get to the centre of the... So, we actually have a pretty, pretty lax Oh, we, we were very lax here in Just Australia. Just lose your licence for a bit. That's no, you lose your licence and you cop a massive fine and you can get a jail But not millions as well. of dollars. But it's, um, yeah, probably a little bit less than some of these other countries. Anyway, that's all what is taking place here in New South Wales, Zero Tolerance. This is Travis Cottrell with What a Beautiful Name. You're listening to Faith FM. You were the word at the beginning one with God, the Lord Most High. Your hidden glory in creation, and now revealed in you are Christ. What a beautiful name it is! What a beautiful name!
Welcome back, everybody. That was Travis Cottrell with What a Beautiful Name here on Faith FM. I have the best news to share with everyone this morning. Lyle has totally been smashed. (laughs) Adrian from South Australia got the quiz correct and won double prizes because Lyle... Still to this very moment, doesn't know the answer. <laughs> so happy right now. Adrian, you are getting a huge package in the mail. Two of the probably the biggest books we have. This is because <laughs> this is all because Monica cheated. No, this is because you didn't pay attention. This was, this was Monica cheating. Because Chiti. you don't know how to multitask, which I mean, I'm not holding the multitasking against you, but you know you can't multitask, and that I will hold against you. <laughs> so this is a what Monica number am I? Cheating. Let me see if you can get it if I give you the first clue, Lyle. Right. This number of men died because they looked into the the Ark of the Lord. You can say it out loud now. You can just write it down. Yeah, no, I don't know the answer Oh, to good, it. good on you, Adrian. The answer is 70. Seven zero. Adrian, yep. I am so proud of you, dude. You're going to get a ripper of a package of the mail. Keep an eye out for that. Lyle, we have a great, really interesting interview about to start with. One of my favorite interviewees. Uh, it's always a good time when we have this guy on the phone. I'm so excited he's back with us this morning. Yes, indeed. So we have Baron Newstart and joining us on the phone this morning. Uh, Baron, welcome to the show. Thank you, Lyle. Good to be with you. Now, Baron, of course, you've been uh, bringing to us over the last few months uh, the story of Genesis chapter 1. This is an area of your uh, your particular expertise, talking about creation and the creation week and these first few chapters of Genesis. We finished chapter 1, and so this this month we're moving on to, uh, to Genesis chapter 2. Now, in Genesis chapter 2, we have a second account of creation. Why does the Bible do that? Yeah, that's a particularly Semitic way that to put a proposal uh, up first and then to return to the same um, to the same topic, but from a different perspective. In the second chapter, you get uh, added detail to the account of chapter, uh, you know, Genesis 1. And that is very common in their prosa. It's very common for the Semitic writings to do that. And the Bible is actually full of it. Uh, if you look at particularly, say, the book of Daniel, where you have time periods described, uh, every time that uh, it ends the book of Revelation, and the Bible approaches it from a different perspective. And that's very common. So in chapter 2, we have added details for chapter 1. Okay, so in chapter 1, we're basic, we've, we've got the basic chronological, historical account. What have we got in chapter 2? In chapter 2, you have specific uh, add-ons, really, um, when you, uh, that you don't find in chapter 1. And obviously, God thought it important that it should be known to mankind. And uh, basically, uh, it adds dimensions to chapter 1 that you would not give in an ordinary chronological account. Sure. Okay, so let's talk about some of these um, add-ons that we have in chapter 2. Uh, where the Bible does focus in on some of the detail that it has, you know, skipped over in chapter one. Uh, yeah. Verse the first the first three verses give us an add on something that um, something something that is new to the subject. What, what's that all about? Yeah, I think that when you look at that, that you look particularly at verse two, which really is an institution of the seventh day that God uh, claims one seventh of our time. Uh, but it also gives a reason for chapter one, the account of creation. 
what was the purpose of creation? Well, for his glory, but obviously he desires to have communication, communion, and fellowship with his creatures. And uh, chapter uh, chapter two, verse uh, three, certainly uh, makes that point very strongly. Okay, so tell us about the um, uh, the, the Sabbath here. What's what's this Sabbath all about? The Sabbath is really the the purpose for the the, the whole of creation. God seeks uh, fellowship with His creatures, and uh, that's His enjoyment. That is His desire, and that's not confined to planet Earth. There are other worlds out there. There's the angelic host, etc. So God uh, created to have this this fellowship with His created beings. And, uh, of course, by giving us the Sabbath, I guess he's giving us, you know, a, a time period, a time frame in which we can actually do that. Yes, and that's the important. Uh, any meaningful relationship does require quality time. And so, basically, the two aspects that I can see straight away on this seventh day, one of them is, of course, uh, the quality time needed to get to know each other. And that's very important to have that relationship. It's a relationship day. And the other one, uh, it has become, of course, eventually a test day where that particular day has been changed and uh, through uh, the medieval institutions and unfortunately adopted by the majority of Christendom. But uh, the, the, the Jesus, the apostles, the early Christian church uh, maintained the seventh day Sabbath observance until uh, there was a uh, forceful persecution of those uh, in later centuries who did not want to adhere to the change from the f- uh, seventh to the first day. In a practical way, how does the Sabbath give us um, opportunity for fellowship with God that we would not otherwise have? Yeah, it's just when you set everything aside. So the priority is your relationship with God on the day and particularly also fellowship with your fellow uh, believers, your family, uh, stand still uh, at nature. That would be always a good thing. I mean, that is his handiwork. Tells us a lot about our maker. And uh, it's really that you have your priorities in order. On that day, he comes absolutely first in our considerations. And uh, again, it is also meant for fellowship amongst each other. Mm. Now, I don't want to uh, get too deeply into this, but I do want to just skip to the end of Chapter 2 very, very briefly because there's a second institution that is um, that is created you know, in the end of this chapter that also is all about relationships. Could you comment on that briefly? Yeah. Yeah, it's like this, that, that God introduces a helper. He said it's not good for men to be alone there in verse 18. So a man is a social being. Um, and clearly, because of his act of creation, God is a social being when we are created in his image. And so a helper here is an, one who's comparable to him, equal to him. And uh, it's like sharing the experience of life and knowing your, knowing your God. I mean, it's wonderful to have that communion with fellow believers. It's an encouragement and uh, it's an, an enrichment of that experience. Yeah, for sure, and it uh, you know it's one of those you know it really does illustrate to 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 us just how much God cares about relationships and how how important relationships are to yes, us as uh, as human beings. And, and something I find significant about it, Byron, is that 
you know, these are two institutions that still exist, the Sabbath and creation. They are yeah. both all about relationships. Um, Absolutely. Which, which just illustrates, you know, how important relationships and, and the concept of love is to God. Yeah. Uh, we, don't, we don't have anything else, really, that, that comes from, you know, that world that existed before, uh, before sin, do we? I love what the Apostle Paul does in the first letter to Corinthians, the 13th chapter, when he says, without love, it's useless. Mm. It doesn't matter what you have, what you are. If there's no love, what is the point? I, lo- I-, I love your translation there. Without love, it's yeah. useless. <laughs> that makes it real. Absolutely. Okay. Um, Absolutely. Jumping back here, Barand, we've, we've talked about the Sabbath and marriage um, and the whole concept of communion and fellowship, how important that is to God. Let's go back to uh, verses 5 and 6. We've got something else that is introduced, another detail here in chapter 2 that you don't find in chapter 1. Yeah, it's, it's a fascinating uh, advice that you get here. It synchronizes so well with the, the first chapter. If you go to the first chapter, you find that uh, the, uh, that God gathered well. He, he separated the waters in a vertical sense and created an expanse. And so we have water in fluid form covering the earth, and we have water in vapor format, obviously somewhere perhaps as high as the stratosphere or beyond. Um, and that synchronizes well with the, uh, with the account here in chapter 2, uh, where God says that... Uh, the hydrological cycle was very different uh, than it was from the uh, prior to the to the flood. There was no rain because it, it was far too stable the climate. No winds, strong winds for evaporation purposes. Um, there was uh, a dew that uh, watered the face of the earth, and a very heavy dew, no doubt. And that with the river systems that were stable because the earth's crust was stable, uh, that was the way to water the flora and, and fauna. And it's just an amazing account, considering it was written three and a half thousand years ago, addressing such vital issue as the, uh, the survival of, of the flora. How else could it uh, find place? Is this scientifically plausible? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And in fact, it is brilliant because the, the, the best way of watering systems, I mean, when we have rain, precipitation uh, is normally in the form of rain. You find so much goes wasted. Uh, but if you, if you do uh, apply a very gradual, uh, fine application like a, a heavy dew, uh, that would be very sufficient. And then with the root systems that, uh, we're nowhere near pronounced in the, as we find in the fossil records, uh, that they were much smaller than they are today. Uh, there was sufficient uh, water in the, uh, in the earth's crust as well. There would have been an intricate, uh, system of little canals that would have provided the necessary water. Mm, mm. Yeah, absolutely. Now, what about, uh, you know, just thinking about the, the, the world back then, would you have had, uh, the ice caps that we have today, and also, you know, the large oceans. No, that's the that's the brilliant thing about the description there of uh, chapter one, when you have the swaddling cloth all around the earth, uh, you find that there will be no north uh, and south poles, no Arctic, Antarctic circles, and there would have been no deserts because the climate was uh, very controlled, if you like, and... Uh, 
that is uh, affirmed by the fact that we can find uh, coral reefs, not obviously not functioning, but even within the Arctic and Antarctic cir- circles, which is fantastic because it's not mobile. So it proves that at one stage, the waters there must have had a temperature of about 23, 24 degrees. Find coal, massive amounts of coals within the Arctic circles as well, which means buried vegetation. And uh, that indicates that there was uh, significant growth uh, a luxurious growth, which we don't even know today. So, with this, uh, with this water vapor that is around the world, it's almost like God has just sort of wrapped the world in a blanket, so to speak. Yes, it's a swaddling cloth. I, I like that expression. It keeps the warmth in, because the the water vapor is the main contributor to the greenhouse, and it would have kept things very evenly, and there would have been no strong winds, hurricanes, or twisters, or anything like that. And the seasons would have been extremely mild. Sounds like a perfect, a, a perfect like a paradise. Plan. Yeah, ah, uh, it, it it must have been absolutely brilliant. Yeah, fantastic. To live in. Now, Barand, um, we ha- probably haven't got time to cover everything that uh, is in chapter two, but there is one more very important issue, and that is the account of the creation of man, which is different from chapter one. Chapter one, we find that we're created in the image of God. What does chapter two tell us? Yeah, in chapter two, of course, there's added details um, that uh, he, uh, he he forms man of the dust. So this is an interesting thing, that the man has the same elements that the ground has. And we've known this for hundreds of years. But again, I'll point out, this was written three and a half thousand years ago, which makes it fascinating. And that applies actually to the trees and the animals as well, which is uh, uh, a fact of life. Um, I love the way it is described that God forms the man of the dust. A very profound personal involvement of God to create man. Then everything is there, but one thing is lacking. And then the expression, he breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. That is really a Hebraic, quotable expression to say he, he, he imbued man with life. Which caused the breathing, of course. That's one of the first signs you look for, of life. And so, man became a living being. It's more, you need more than the somatic, the actual material provisions. You really need a life force as well. And we can observe that. Mm, Because at death, yeah, at death, the opposite finds place. Some people have observed that when God created the world, he spoke it into existence, but when he created human beings, he got his hands dirty. Profoundly involved. I like that. That, to me, is very significant. Mm. Baron, thank we you so are, much. Sorry. We are created in his image. I mean, you would want your image to be perfect, wouldn't you? Yeah, absolutely. Mm. Mm. Baron, thank you so much for joining us on Faith FM this morning. Um, unfortunately, the uh, time is escaping us, but we always appreciate it when you come on. Uh, and, of course, uh, next time we will be able to talk about the two trees. And then, mm. of course, that, of course, carries us into Chapter 3 and the beginnings of the Gospel message. But uh, we look forward to that uh, next month. Thank you, for, thank you for joining us. Thanks, Lyle. God bless. And that was Baron Neustraten, um, expert on the first three chapters of Genesis. This is The Lower Lights calling you. He will take you by the hand, lead you to that promised land. 
Can't you hear the blessed Savior calling you? When you've strayed from the fold and there's trouble in your soul, can't you hear the blessed Savior calling you? When your soul is lost in sin and you're at your journey's end, can't you hear the blessed Savior calling you? Calling you. food, fun, friends and fellowship? Sure do. Then join us at the Philos Food Hub. For $5, you can receive a large food pack with free fruit and veggies thrown in and a complimentary breakfast as well. Wow. Where? At the Adventist Church on Newcastle Road, Walls End, number 63. Is that the big iconic A-frame church near the roundabout? Sure is, and it starts 10 a.m. every Thursday. Great. I'll see you there. Upon Jesus, look full in His wonderful face, and the things of earth will grow strangely dim in the light of His glory and grace. Oh, to Jesus. 
Jesus, I surrender all To Him I freely give I will ever love and trust Him in His presence daily Decide